Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Pod. I am not your usual host, just like the last time I hosted it. My name is Jake Woolhead. I am joined by my two favorite Dungeons and Dragons characters, Daramar and Fionn Malloy. How, lads, when are we going on our next quest? Um, I don't know. Have we gone on our first quest? <laughs> I thought this was the first quest. <laughs> first quest was setting up a podcast. The next quest is what? Taking over TV? I don't know. <laughs> or yeah. or let, let, what, what do we try to do every night, Pinky? Try to take over the world. <laughs> um, and today we are, of course, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, which I am absolutely ecstatic about, as I'm sure Fionn is as well, being the NFC East teams um we are joined however by jeff warner at um jeff how are you doing today doing pretty good fellas how are you guys living the dream every day of my life jeff <laughs> i feel you <laughs> doing oh. well just so i can see this sort of like fight here i've got my popcorn beside me so i'm just gonna <laughs> watch you three go at it now for the next 20 to 30 minutes i'm looking forward to it so i was uh writing through i was getting all my notes done today and i was like Man, I have a lot of things to say about the Eagles that I didn't think I had I had to say about them. So maybe we'll just dive right in. Jeff, um, obviously last season, um, we went uh, 4-11, and 11, I think it was. Um, you dropped one to the fo- football team. You won one. You won against the Giants. So obviously the NFC East. And then there was obviously the t- tumultuous finish where um, Jalen Hurts may or may not have been benched to, to ruin the Giants' chances and Jake's chances of winning some money, which I was going to leave till the end. But uh, I decided I'd bring it up now so I can get the saltiness out of the way quickly. <laughs> uh, so, Jeff, tell me, uh, obviously it's not a good fan and uh, a good time for a fan to watch their team go 4-11. and 11. But uh, how did you feel about last season uh, overall? Well, la- last season was ultimately a major disappointment, uh, not just for us, but th- the whole NFC East as a whole. No one expected the NFC East to be the NFC least and pan out the way it did. Granted, there, there was a lot of uh, uncertainties and a lot of unfortunate things that happened. No one expected that pre- Dak Prescott to go down. Uh, so, of course, that played a factor in it. Uh, Saquon Barkley for your Giants, uh, one of the NFL leading rushers in the National Football League, he gets hurt. Uh, no one expected Carson Wentz to play as badly as he did, and the turmoil that was between him and his head coach uh, Doug Peterson, and just just the way that that Eagles team just completely flaked flaked out. So, uh, unfortunately, as an Eagles fan, it it, it wasn't. The season we expected. Look, we, we were three seasons removed from a Super Bowl, and we kept on hearing the last couple of years that Carson Wentz was going forward and moving away, uh, getting better from his injury. He was fully recovered, and that this team was built for a playoff run. And for them to go 4-11-1, getting bent, Jalen Hurts going in there for four games and looking like a developmental quarterback uh, for, for the franchise, and he's now heading in most likely as your starter of 2021, it, it, it keep it has Eagles fans on on ease right now. I would say it leaves a sour taste in your mouth last year, especially for how bad the division went. We had in our grasp if we won those last two games of the season, we we could have been a playoff team. But fortunately for the Eagles and Eagles fans, it did not happen because and, and, and fortunately it happened or the way it happened the way it did is because now we landed one of the top wide receivers in the draft that we've been pleading for for the last couple of seasons with Devontae Smith. 
Yeah, we'll move on and talk about Devontae Smith in a second. So I just wanted to get your opinion, say, uh, I think it was week 14 that uh, Carson Wentz was benched for Jalen Hurts. How did you take that as a fan? Uh, do you think it was the right move to make? and Or were you thinking, give, give Wentz some more time and let Hurts sit on the bench? Look, th- th- there's no doubt that Carson Wentz played absolutely horrible last season. Uh, he was one of the w- worst quarterbacks in the National Football League statistically, mentally, and just watching him. He he just did not look the same. We all and I kind and I truly believe the the tension between him and Doug Peterson really played a toll on him. And and also, this was a bad football team that did. Or, I shouldn't say a bad football team, but they weren't a deep football team. You look at that offensive line. They were banged up completely across the board. Jason Kelsey's the only guy that played all 16 games along that offensive line with a bum arm and a bum shoulder. So he, he fought through some injuries. He wasn't up to full strength. Uh, Miles Sanders was a, a huge disappointment. So I, all around, it was a it was a bad performance on offense and the defense side of the football and from the coaching staff. Look, I, I I believe Carson is a better quarterback than what he showed last season. I, I feel him going to uh, Indianapolis this uh, this season, it's going to be a fresher breath there. He's going to surprise some people, especially with Frank Reich as his head coach, where he was very successful with uh, when Frank Reich was a head coach here or I was a coordinator here. Uh, I, I kind of felt it, it didn't matter whether they went with Carson or with Hertz because I didn't see us going really deeply anywhere. And Jalen Hurts, he showed he showed some flashes. He showed some leadership, which is great. But he, I kind of felt if they, if they were in a win-now mode and felt they needed to win the NFC East, they should have stuck with Carson. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like I like Carson Wentz. He obviously played horrendous, but this just seemed like there was not a lot put around Wentz to succeed. Um, and that was kind of my main issue with it. But maybe with Indy, Indianapolis, he's going to do a little bit better. He has a, a lot better supporting cast and, and possibly even uh, better coaching opportunities. Um, so let's just maybe move on to the draft. And obviously you mentioned Devonta Smith. A lot of people had uh, the Giants taking him at 12. Um, I did feel initially a little bit scorned because... Um, Obviously, I did want them myself. The Giants were lacking severely in the wide receiver department as well. But uh, so obviously you traded up from 12 with the Cowboys. Um, kind of a weird, rare interdivision uh, trade that happened that feels like it was almost, almost to ruin the Giants' chance to get Devontae Smith. But obviously um, we ended up getting the Bears, but that's a different podcast altogether. So how did you feel? Obviously you were dying for Devontae Smith, obviously. Yeah, look, the Devante is automatically a major upgrade for this wide receiving cast. You, you you look at the wide receiving core from last year, and that that's one of the main reasons why the Eagles' offense has struggled last year, especially in the passing game. Look at the supporting cast that, like you brought up, that Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts had to deal with. They they have Travis Fulgham, they have uh, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, who's a first round pick who did not live up to the uh, first round hype from last season. Uh, they have former second round selection, uh, high selection, JJ Ortega Whiteside, who couldn't even get on the football field. Uh, and Devontae Smith, he, uh, he, he's a playmaker. You look, he's a human highlight reel. And I'm hoping and just praying as an Eagles fan and following this team that he makes that transition from the college game to the pros. Because you, you hear a lot of these experts and a lot of these people 
uh, that know know the game and follow the sport, it, it sometimes can be difficult for a wide receiver to go uh, from the from the college rankings to the pro ranking, especially a guy of his size. They, that that's one of the big critiques of Devontae Smith is is he going to be sort of that Dev- or uh, Deshaun Jackson 2.0 where he can be a big play threat, but one big hit in the NFL and is is he is he as fragile as everyone believes he's going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't believe that. I, I feel he plays bigger than what his size shows and he's that type of playmaker that is going to go up for the ball and he catches almost anything that's thrown at him so if he has an accurate pass or a ball that's put in position for him to catch it I feel he's going to be a big threat uh, for opposing teams defenses so sorry for you guys being uh, Giants and us and watching the football team fans he might be torching you this year but uh as an Eagles fan, I'm excited to see where it goes. And obviously, the one thing the Eagles have been trying to do the last couple of seasons is draft better and address and getting younger at uh, positions of need. And wide receiver is ultimately one of the big positions they had to address this offseason. So thankfully for them, uh, they, in my opinion, got the best wide receiver in the draft. Hey, Jeff, I agree with you. I, I, I definitely think you did get the best wide receiver in the draft. And as you said, it's it's something, maybe not even last season, but long term, it's something the Eagles have struggled with for a while is to get that that wide receiver core strength and, and depth on both sides of the field to kind of to stretch the field. Uh, and as a Washington fan, absolutely, I'm definitely, I'm definitely worried about Devontae Smith. He's a stud. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to transition very well. Everyone in in college said he was too small. He was playing on Alabama. He was a two-year starter there, playing against some top defenses with a lot of NFL guys that all knew where that ball was going and were all trying to crush him. The question I have for you that maybe, as a Washington fan, makes me think maybe I won't get torched as much as you would hope is that maybe the rest of that receiving core still isn't strong enough. And we've seen it with teams in the past, like say the Bengals who had an AJ green, this stud wide receiver that just don't have anyone else beside it. Does it make you nervous that the rest of the wide receiving core hasn't changed much? And that in recent years, you've struggled to get that developed. Like you said, Rager already bring these guys on and, and make them stand out players. Is that something maybe you're a little bit nervous about this season? I wouldn't say nervous. It's it's more of a question mark because, mm-hmm. like you, like we I, we brought up. Look, we don't know what we have in our receiving class. We're hoping Devontae Smith pans out and de- is developed properly. And in my opinion, I feel he's going to push a lot of these young wide receiving cores because now some of these young guys that were playing the last couple of years, they're on the bubble for a roster spot. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee, depending on what Nick Sirianni is going to do with his uh, – with his offense and how many players he's going to keep at each position, we keep on assuming he's going to run 12 personnel with the t- uh, tight end position, uh, that he might only use one wide receiver a bulk of the time. We, we don't know what he's going to do if he's going to be a run-based offense. One thing Sirianni has continued to address and continued to say is he's not going to scheme. He's not going to have his players scheme for his offense. He's going to have his offense cater his player's strengths. He, he's not going to uh, end the matchups. He's not going to have, and that's the one thing that the Eagles offense has been inconsistent the last couple of years is they have been too, uh, too predictable with Doug Peterson as their head coach and, and opposing team defenses have said that in the past that they knew what the Eagles were running on uh, certain situations, which made it a lot harder for the t- uh, Eagles offense to execute. With Sirianni, the offensive mind, I think he's going to be. I feel he's going to find creative ways and different ways 
to utilize his player strengths, including Devontae Smith, knowing that he's your playmaker right now. And and right now, as, as we as Eagles fans, we kind of expected this move to happen, which it has not. Zach Ertz is still a Philadelphia Eagle at this moment. So you have Zach Ertz along with Dallas Goddard, who did not live up to uh, expectations last year, who's in a contract year this season. So uh, the wide receiving core is inexperienced, but there's a couple other different weapons. And, and also Miles Sanders out of the backfield. And, and, and going back to the draft, uh, they drafted, uh, one of my opinions, one of the steals of the draft. The fact that they got this dude in the fifth round uh, running back Kenneth Gainwell, who I feel is going to be uh, a threat and get some playing time out of the passing game as well. The fact that he's able to catch the ball out of the backfield and make some plays there. So I feel Sirianni, yes, the wide receiver position is still up in the air and still a question mark. The Eagles still have assets and some playmakers at other positions that can contribute and make an impact along this offense. Uh, Jeff, I want to continue actually with, with the draft because you mentioned earlier on uh, sort of recapping last season that, uh, and it's been a common trend the last couple of years with the Eagles that the offensive line has been banged up a lot. The they only drafted one lineman in through all their picks in the recent draft, and that was Landon Dickerson uh, in the second round, who by itself is a really really good prospect at center. Um, so a, a natural successor to Jason Kelsey when he decides to to, to hang up the cleats. Were you sort of a little disappointed that? O-line wasn't addressed a little more so far this offseason. I wasn't upset. Uh, look, Landon Dickerson, He he. even though Kelsey is still here at center, they're still going to find ways for Dickerson to get involved and possibly play uh, fight for some playing time, especially if one of those guard spots. He, they, they love versatile offensive linemen. And the one thing the Eagles have done well when it comes to drafting is finding late talent in the draft when it comes to offensive line, which they I agree they didn't do this year, but they I kind of feel they feel that there were other positions of need and value that were better that they needed to address this year because the Eagles have had success in years past finding talent in the later rounds and developing them, especially when they arguably have one of the best offensive line coaches with Jeff Statlin, who was the only one to return from last year's coaching staff. So uh, it's it's great. He's a great asset. He's a great offensive mind. And the fact that they're able to get hopefully fully healthy uh, this year with Kelsey, uh, Kelsey still being a starter, uh, getting Brandon Brooks back, hopefully. Uh, you get Lane Johnson, who was banged up last year. You still don't know about that left uh, left tackle position, whether it's going to be Maialata or Dillard. They'll fight it out in training camp. But the fact that they got Stoutland back uh, really is really going to help improve that offensive line. And if they can stay healthy, they, they can definitely uh, be arguably one of the best offensive lines in football. And that's where I kind of feel Dickerson comes into play. Uh, because he's either going to be fighting for a spot or fighting for that. You still need depth, and people are saying they need to trade Andre Diller to get some type of value for him now. That that that, that doesn't resolve anything. What The one thing the Eagles sucked last year with was offensive line depth. So why are you going to get rid of a, a guy you invested a first-round selection with just to get a late-round compensation because he might not be your starter? You still need that depth. So... Uh, I wasn't surprised. I, I wasn't upset, but I was a little surprised they didn't dress the offensive line and position a little bit more this offseason. But they, I kind of feel they feel comfortable with the guys that they have cur- currently and the depth they have currently who stepped in and uh, started a little bit last year, like Herbig. So 
well, I, I feel next year is going to be the year that you really see an offensive line carousel, and you're going to see a lot of overhaul along the offensive line, especially with the Kelsey basically contemplating retirement every single year. Uh, Lane Johnson's going to be 32 years old. Uh, Brandon Brooks, we don't know how he's going to pan out. He, he's, an, he's an athletic freak, but you have to remember, he's coming off three straight se- uh, seasons of season-ending injuries. So they definitely need to address the offensive line sooner rather than later in the next coming years, especially if they feel they want to be in a win-now mode. And kind of on a related note, say, if we bring it back to Carson Wentz being traded to, uh, obviously, the Indianapolis Colts, you got that uh, 2021 third round, you got that conditional second rounder for next year, which could be a first. Um, I, w- I want to know, one, what do you think kind of happened to Carson Wentz? Was it post-injury, he just had, like, uh, this mental block where he couldn't get back on the field, right? Um, where was the re- regression? And on the same lines, obviously, we, we mentioned the supporting cast. The O-line is a huge part of it. It was a, a severe, it was a, a weakness, say, on the Eagles last year and the year before. Um, do you think that improving the O-line earlier may have helped Carson Wentz stay on the field? Or do you think it was the right time, say, even to move on from Carson Wentz, trade him, and were you happy with the, the compensation you got from the Colts? Uh, I was happy with the compensation. I'll say Howie... You can criticize him all you want, and yes, he put us in kind of a, a strain the, over the last couple seasons and the upcoming season when it comes to the cap. But the one thing Howie Roseman is extremely good at is getting value for his players in trade. Uh, look, Carson Wentz was statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the National Football League last year. And the fact that you potentially got a first-round selection for him, debating, uh, depending on what happens next year, whether they make the playoffs and he competes in so many snaps and all that, which uh, even a second-round pick for a guy that was statistically the worst in the National Football League, in my opinion, is still great value. Uh, And ultimately, even though he did not win it, he helped you contribute to winning a Super Bowl ultimately, which, which, in my opinion, was a success. So everyone that wants to debate whether Carson Wentz coming here was a success or not, it ultimately, in the end, got you a championship, which is what you consistently want or tried to do every single year. Uh, do I feel at the offensive line if if uh, if it would have been better? Yeah, if, if, if they weren't as injured, I feel we don't know what would have happened. But ultimately, I just kind of felt it was the it was Carson. It was the coaching staff. It, it, it was abundance of things. It was the supporting cast. We had arguably one of the worst wide receiving cores in the National Football League. We had a, yeah, we had a banged up offensive line. And also, we had a head coach who I, just, I, I don't know if he was playing scared. And I, I ultimately believe the reports by Jeff McLean and the multiple reporters that came out this last offseason that Hallie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie were getting involved in football matters that they really shouldn't have been involved in. Ultimately, it's Jeffrey Lurie's team, and he has the final say on all that, but you hire a head coach to come in here and try to execute a game plan and run a team the way he wants to be run, and you continue to undermine him and what he wants to do with the franchise, with the franchise, and with that with that roster. So, and uh, no offense to Howie Roseman, he's great. He's great offense office management, but he's not a football mind. He's never played in the National Football League. He doesn't know how to scout players, which is a whole nother story. But I just kind of feel it was abundance of things that added up to eventually you, you had you had to move on. Carson Wentz obviously did not look happy here. He did not look like the same Carson Wentz that we saw in previous seasons. 
and it, it, it was just a disaster. Ultimately, at, towards the end of the year, you knew it was time uh, that it was time for them to move on from Carson Wentz and that there was no way in saving uh, saving that uh, relationship. Yeah, and looking more broadly at the ownership and, and the GM, um, obviously the big star, one of the big storylines was the search for a new head coach this offseason. They decided to go with, with Nick Sirianni, sort of, definitely a name out of the blue. He wasn't one that was interviewing for other jobs. Um, one name that that was that did come up, and it seems as though wasn't really considered maybe as seriously, not just by the Eagles, but by a lot of teams more than he should have, was Eric Bieniemy, um over at Kansas City. Um are you well? First of all, are you happy with the with the choice of Nick Sirianni? And secondly, are are you happy with the 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 process that the team went through to actually uh, pick their new head coach? Am I happy with Sirianni? I, when it came to the other options, like you like you brought up Eric Bieniemy, and there was a couple other selections, I kind of felt they were going to lean towards that direction. It, it, it caught you by surprise. I, I wouldn't say I wasn't unhappy or happy about it. I was surprised about it because, like you said, it was a guy out of left field. But under Jeffrey Lurie, it, it's been a kind of a it's been kind of a trend with him. He doesn't hire uh, he doesn't hire uh, former head coaches, uh, and he I would say there's times where he pulls people out of the blue. Look at Andy Reid, uh, ninety nine. No one expected him to really uh, give it an opportunity around the National Football League. He didn't interview for a lot of the positions uh, or uh, jobs the year he was uh, signed by the Eagles. Uh, and then you look at uh, Doug Peterson. No, he really wasn't getting any big name or any big offers. He wasn't really interviewing, and they went with him. And of course, Chip Kelly, which uh, you kind they. You expected them to go with one of the other guys. Chip Kelly was say he wasn't leaving college, and then signed him. Uh, so the fact that they went with Sirianni it just caught me by surprise, and and I felt they could maybe went a different direction. But look, Sir, Sirianni, uh, criticize him all you want, and we don't know the circumstance of his roles when it came to Indianapolis and running the Indianapolis offense, but. He's uh, with him, at least as the offensive coordinator, they, they were able to find success. They were able to go in there and adapt to the players that they had. Philip Rivers on the wrong side of 30, what, 36, 37 years old. It was still not the, he wasn't the MVP Philip Rivers, but he was still an efficient Philip Rivers. He, he was able to find production from their running backs, no matter who they were, whether it was Jonathan Taylor or, or Hines. So, and the one thing that he, brings to the table is he has experience coaching quarterbacks and wide receivers, the two positions that the Eagles ultimately need to address and develop properly this upcoming offseason and training camp heading into the year. Uh, the one positive thing, though, I kind of feel, even though Sirianni might be a question mark, he did bring a lot of great supporting uh, uh, minds, football minds, when it comes to his coaching staff. Jonathan Gannon, I, I feel he's going to find ways to fix this defense with what he has, and he's going to be able to uh, work his magic, and you're going to see a, a, an improved Eagles defense. And then the offensive coordinator they brought in, uh, I off the top of my tongue, but he, he he's a guy to keep an eye on, especially working with Jalen Hurts uh, uh, and a young uh, offensive uh, group, core, uh, that I feel that 
if 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 things pan out and uh, we we ex- or hope uh, and expect the things that we hear about them, that the Eagles are going to be an improved football team in 2021. I'm not saying a playoff team, but definitely an improved playoff or an improved football team. But sort of playing a devil's advocate and looking at worst case scenario, if it doesn't play out and Nick Sirianni struggles in his first year. Could we could uh, Jeffrey Lurie be looking at Howie Roseman and giving him then his his papers and uh, following obviously Doug Peterson then uh, out the exit door? I I honestly don't see that happening unless they absolutely flame out and they're like going like zero and seventeen or something because mm-hmm. the the way that they're talking in these press conferences and the way they're addressing this it, it seems like Hallie Roseman is going to be around for at least the next two to three seasons at least just the fact that they're talking about this being somewhat of a rebuild and that they they understand that they're they're going. There's there's certain things holding them back that they need to address and fix, like the cap situation. They basically ultimately said that this offseason was going to be a wash when it comes to the cap, that that they weren't going to be really big players in free agency, which they weren't. You look at a lot of their free agent signings. The, the, they were some decent free agent signings, but they were one-year deals on a prove-it type of deals. Uh, they're still on the books with Carson Wentz. I think after this year, next year's the last year he's still on the books. Uh, so I, I kind of feel that Jeffrey Lurie, yeah, there might be a little bit of heat under Howie Roseman's seat, but after one season of this rebuild, unless they completely tank and nothing pans out, Jalen Hurts is a bust, uh, Nick Sirianni is absolutely garbage as a head coach, oh, and uh, and they basically are not competitive and getting blown out consistently, then, then they might have to – he might think about it, but Howie Roseman has been his right-hand man for too long, and Jeffrey Lurie ultimately has – a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, respect for Howie to basically get rid of him after one year, especially when they recognize that it is a rebuild mode right now. Jeff, one position that I think everybody's hat hangs on and is going to decide the fate of a lot of people is, of course, the quarterback. They're usually the most high-paid position on the roster. The Eagles have Jalen Hurts at the moment. They also have Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins. We got to see a little bit of Jalen Hurts last season. Uh, for starters, what did you think of him? The, you, you said earlier, developmental quarterback. That phrase is used a lot around the league, sometimes in a positive way and sometimes in a negative way. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on Jalen Hurts and what you've seen so far? Look, Jalen Hurts coming in here, they, they did not expect him to be starting at all last season, unless Carson Wentz went down. They did not expect the benching to come in. They, they looked, when Hallie Roseman used the term quarterback factory, uh, in his mind, their eyes, they were looking to develop, develop quarterbacks, get them ready for another team, and move on from them and get some type of value for them because they, they expected Carson Wentz to be the guy here. And Jalen Hurts, he showed some flashes, but he showed a lot of inconsistencies as well. Granted, he, again, he was thrown in a bad situation, a, a bad offensive line, a bad supporting cast, uh, a, a head coach who was not in the right state of mind. Uh, but he did show that, look, he, he's a guy that definitely needs some grooming. He's a guy that needs some training and uh, needs to get back to the playbook and get, get 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 some reps in there because there was times where he was throwing passes in the double coverage. He was throwing at receivers' feet, uh, sailing balls, and that's the one thing about Jalen Hurts. Uh, one criticism is they everyone says he doesn't have a deep ball, which – 
I tend to disagree with. I would say I feel he has a deep ball. It's the, it's the accurate deep ball, which he, mm-hmm. is something that he definitely has struggled with coming out of college. Uh, granted, the one thing the Eagles have been criticized with even before Jalen Hurts is developing talent and developing the quarterback position. Uh, beside, we saw the uh, regressions of Carson Wentz. Uh, and granted, Carson was a first-round talent, but Jalen Hurts is going to be given the opportunity this year. Look, they, the Eagles need to know what they have with him as their quarterback. And uh, he, can he be the franchise quarterback? Yes. Can he be a bust? Yes. We, we ultimately don't know. It was too small of a sample size last year. He played mm-hmm. in, what, three and a half, four games, whatever it was. Uh, he showed some promise, especially in that, in that Saints game where they, uh, he let, helped lead them to victory. Uh, so he definitely has that leadership quality, and definitely if he can work on his mechanics, uh, I feel he can be a better quarterback than what we saw last year, especially given uh, the talent that he now has with Devontae Smith. Those two can be a deadly combination. But ultimately, the Eagles need to know after this year whether Jalen Hurts and they need to answer that call because, like we brought before, they have potentially three first-round selections, and are they going to use that to draft a quarterback depending who comes out of next year's draft? Are they going to use that maybe to go after a veteran like Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or even though he says he's not going anywhere, Russell Wilson, one of the veterans, especially if Howie wants to be in that win-now type of mode? Uh, so this is a make-or-break season for Jalen Hurts if he wants to be a starter uh, and the franchise quarterback uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the one thing I'm kind of worried about, uh, and I said on our, our All About the Birds uh, podcast, is where's the fine line for Howie Roseman and Howie, and uh, and Jeffrey Lurie on whether they move on from uh, Jalen Hurts or not? I don't want, as an Eagles fan, I don't want Jalen Hurts to play good but not great where he's not going to help lead us to a championship or lead us on a deep playoff run or uh or or they're not going to be a playoff team with Jalen Hurts here but he's playing well enough that they have they potentially have that potential and then we continue to go through that carousel of quarterbacks because look the quarterback position is the most important position in the National Football League uh, teams make or break look, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they get Tom Brady leads into a Super Bowl so they need to figure out what exactly Jalen Hurts needs to do for him to stick around after this season. Because, and granted, I understand he's on a rookie deal. If they draft or sign a court or uh, or if they draft or uh, trade for a quarterback, Jalen Hurts is on his way out here. It's going to be a similar situation as it was with uh, Kyler Murray and uh, Josh Rosen. So, uh, once again, this this is Jalen Hurts' time to shine and prove it to all the haters whether or not he can be a franchise quarterback uh, in twenty twenty one. So what I'm hearing is there's a uh, 50-50 shot that the Washington football team has to play Joe Flacco at the end of the season when we face the Eagles, and I'm pretty happy with that. Jeff, by the way, if I was you, I, I wouldn't take any interest in Russell Wilson. We've established on this podcast already, he has not just hit the cliff, he's nearing the bottom, the ground at the bottom. I don't think he's going to come anywhere next season. I think Our he could be... Seahawks, uh, uh, fan Dara <laughs> has agreed with that unanimously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like um, how... Uh, Fiona agreed that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is at the bottom waiting for Russell Wilson if that is actually true. So, I don't... <laughs> hey, we, we're not Dan... paying him Russell Wilson money, so I don't mind. Uh, Daniel Jones has actually gone 
underneath the ground as well. He's well past that cliff. He's <laughs> gone. Daniel Jones That's never gone. got to the top of the cliff. Never mind. He never. <laughs> <laughs> Fastest QB in the league. I'll have him, uh... Fastest That's QB to hit the ground anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fastest QB over 70 yards, not 100. That's the problem. <laughs> 82 yards in the end. So, Jeff, okay, let's take it uh, to the upcoming season. We'll talk about the schedule a little bit. Um, I won't go into every game. I have them all written down here. I might have a more pessimistic view of your wins and losses than you do. But, say, it's a little bit tough for the NFC East facing the, the Chiefs, the Bucks. I think we all face them. And then you have that gauntlet at the end where you, you face uh, the football team, the Giants football team again, and the Cowboys again at the last four games of the season. Like, that's a pretty rough end to the season. Yeah, well, there's parts of the schedule that are favorable, like you said, and there's parts of the schedule that you're like, whew, hopefully the Eagles can get, uh, get through that. Ultimately, it, it, the test is going to be the first half of the season, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. The the, end, the later half, you have a lot of divisional games. Uh, they have uh, five out of six games against the division, which that's what the NFL wants. The NFL loves these divisional matchups late in the year because they don't want these divisions getting locked up. It's all about ratings. They want their situation uh, with like the Eagles and the Washington football team uh, where uh, one team uh, gets the Eagles screw another team, all that type of stuff. But as you look at their schedule, that first, uh, let me find it. Uh, Yeah. Look right off the bat on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Look, Atlanta. Yeah. They were a bad football team last year, but they just added Kyle Pitts. Uh, it's on the road in a hostile environment like Atlanta uh, for and Nick Sirianni's first game as uh, as a head coach, uh, and th- and then you have uh, in October the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Panthers, and the short week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, and of course, you have the 49ers and the Cowboys in there, and then after that Bucks game, yeah, they get a little bit extra rest, but they have to go on the road to Las Vegas. So, a lot of traveling early, a lot of short weeks, which. Uh, could make or break. There's, there's some of those games that you, it could be a toss-up and you can feel that the Eagles might have an opportunity to maybe steal one or uh, or win. But the, the one thing I want for in 2021 is I want competitiveness. Look, as an Eagles fan, I'm, I'm, is this a Super Bowl contending football team? No. Look, we're, we're, we're far away from that. If, if we make the playoffs, I'll be thankful. I'll, I'll be happy. I'll, I'll say, hey, it's a successful season, whether they get a wild card spot, which I don't see happening, or potentially winning the division, which is possibility, depending on how the rest of the NFC East shapes out. Uh, but, but I want competitiveness. I don't want us consistently us getting blown out. I, I don't want us being giving up by halftime in these football games. So if, if I see competitiveness and a, and a – and strides from our young from our young players. I, I want to see improvement. I want to see development. I want to see Jalen Hurts take that next step in his game. I want to see Devontae Smith possibly be contending for rookie uh, offensive rookie of the year. I want our defense to not be getting uh, torched on every single play uh, in our set with our secondary. Because look, Darius Slay can only do so much. Opposite of him, I don't know what the hell the Eagles are going to do. Uh, there's talks of Zach McPherson being on the outside. They might go with Avante Maddox. So definitely a weakness on the defense side of the football. But I, 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 right now, I think when I did my predictions, I had them uh, maybe nine, uh, nine and eight, ten and seven, or somewhere in those range. Because I look, any game in the National Football League is going to be difficult. But just looking at 
uh, some of the teams, if the Eagles can stay healthy, I feel they match up pretty well. Look, like I brought up before, the one thing that the Eagles hurt them last year was their depth. And the fact that they were banged up as much as they were along the offensive, along the offensive line uh, and, and the defense side of football uh, in the secondary. So uh, I, I feel that they could possibly be contending for a playoff spot, but I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go place money on it because look, this once again, this was a team that was four eleven to one. There's a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, and there's a lot of uncertainty with your head coach. And this team can only go as far as those two can take them. So, uh, as as much as I feel that there's a lot of some favorable games for them, or they have a chance to maybe pick up some wins uh, and borderline playoff team, it, it could go completely the opposite direction if those two flame out. Yeah, I was looking through the schedule earlier and I was marking down wins and losses and obviously I was going to be a little bit more pessimistic than your view. I had them at a, maxing out at 6-11 and 11 this season. Um, I think probably in between makes makes a lot of sense then for the Eagles. Um, one thing I do have to bring up before we wrap the show up is that we do have to talk very, very briefly about Boston Scott. I don't know what it is. He is like the New York Giants' weakness. He's there, <laughs> like, whatever, he always managed to to crack out and go for 40 or 50 yards run. And he's what, your third string running back? I just think it's crazy. Yeah, look, look, Boston Scott, like I said, if we could, pl- I brought before, if we play the New York Giants every single week, he might be a thousand yard rusher. He could probably be the MVP of the season if we were able to play the uh, New York football Giants uh, every single week with him. Uh, but look, there, there might be a chance he might not make the roster. Look, uh, I kind of I feel he's still going to be that option, but you have to remember they they just signed uh, Carryon Johnson, they drafted Kenneth Gainwell, uh, they brought back uh, what's his name, uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. So there's, there's going to be a lot of competition uh, along the uh, run with the running back position, uh, and it all depends on what Sirianni wants to run and how each other complement one another. I kind of feel it's definitely Miles Sanders ain't going anywhere. Carryon Johnson, I'm saying he's going to be a an interesting name and it all depends on with Gainwell. I kind of feel Gainwell might be taking that Boston Scott spot because I don't feel they think they want to put him on the practice squad and risking another team picking him up because uh, he's definitely one of their steals of the draft. And I, I kind of feel they think he's going to be a major com- contributor over the next couple seasons because look, Miles Sanders, he's on a rookie deal. He's uh, he, he has two years left. He's going to want to get paid eventually and it's a matter of fact. It's a matter of what the Eagles value and what he values himself at. Are they going to be able to come to terms on a long-term contract? Because Miles Sanders, he had a big hit. He was talking a big game last year. He was Mister Two K, Two Thousand Yards MVP season, and he fell flat on his face. There was plenty of points where. Uh, him and Carson Wentz were on the same page. He was dropping balls. He was missing blocking assignments. He, 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 he granted he wasn't getting a lot of touches. I think he only had one game over 20 touches, which here in Philadelphia, we were complaining about the usage by Doug Peterson with Miles Sanders. So, uh, I can't completely fault him for the lack of production, but, uh, he's one guy that's going to, you're going to have to keep an eye on because he wants to get paid. He's going to be due a contract soon and he's got to earn it. And if they, if they decide to move on from him after uh, his rookie deal ends, which I don't see happening unless he completely bottoms out the next two seasons, Kenneth Gainwell could be a guy that they feel could, uh, 
at a cheaper rate and cheaper uh, cheaper pay scale, I can still bring the same type of production. Yeah, I've got just... eight eight running backs on the roster at the moment, so somebody is going to be upset. They're not carrying all those into the season. Oh hell no! <laughs> no. Um, just one more before we let you go, um, yeah. Jeff. And I just want to ask, who is uh, your favorite Eagles player, and why is it Brandon Graham? Just solely before, because of his mic'd up videos. Are you asking me? <laughs> it was. It, I was just meant. To, I was just asking because I was just trying to say because Brandon Graham is so entertaining on. Oh on yeah, Mike he's definitely entertaining. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to just trying to insert Brandon Graham into the conversation because um, anytime he's on mic'd up as well, I'm looking forward to uh, watching that week. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I thought you were asking if Brandon Graham was my favorite player. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, Brandon. Brandon's definitely a, a great guy. Uh, I interviewed him a few times on a local radio show here in the Lehigh Valley. Also, uh, when I covered the team in the locker room, and uh, he, he's always very humble, and, uh, that, and that's the one thing about last season that was kind of what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, like you knew that it. it Everyone was in a rough place. The fact that you saw Brandon Graham basically frowning and like very upset the way the season panned out last year uh, said a lot about that locker room last season. And, and, and the one thing with Sirianni is he's very supportive of his players. Look, he, he, he wore a Jason Kelsey shirt to practice. He, he wore one Brandon Graham shirts to practice. So he has his players' backs. And, and you're, you're seeing a lot more humble environment and a lot more excitement from the players, especially your leaders like Brandon Graham, uh, which is exactly what you want to see, especially from a young locker room. Uh, I, I hope Brandon Graham uh, retires as an Eagle. and He plays the rest of his contract uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no guarantee for that, uh, but he's definitely one of the all-time greats, in my opinion, and more, more importantly, he helped us bring us that Super Bowl with that strip sack. So uh, definitely a great guy, a great family man, a guy, a great guy on and off the field, and uh Ultimately, in the end, I feel he's going to be uh, he's going to retire an Eagle. And he's going to be in, inducted in the Eagles Hall of Fame eventually down the line, but we'll wait and see. Okay, I think at this point we we'll call it for the night, Jeff. Where can we find all your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Warner NFL. I am on Wednesday nights of All About the Birds Weekly Report. You can follow us on uh, Twitter as well at AT Birds. Uh, you can also catch me Thursday nights on Birds of a Feather on A2D Radio. Uh, so you can catch them on Facebook and Twitter as well at uh, A2D Radio. And then you can check out our uh, website. Uh, AETBirds.com. We cover mainly Eagles, but we also cover a bunch of other sports, Philadelphia sports, uh, golf, uh, any pretty much anything sports related. Uh, we are uh, on that uh, AETBirds.com as well. All right. Brilliant. For Thanks for coming on, Jeff. And also thanks there. And thanks, Fionn. No problem. Thank you, guys.